And thank you for worshiping here with us this morning. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a danger is getting around the pastor when he can't see. How many of you know that um, it, it doesn't matter right now what's going on around us? God is here. In, in, I was blessed last week to share a message uh, as you guys were blessed to hear from Pastor Rory, I shared in Pastor Rory's church, and I was blessed to um, share a message, um, and it was the same message that I shared here the week before, except the Lord always either adds or does something just a little bit different, and I would love to say and believe and trust, I do trust, that it's because of the, the hearers. So I, I want you to know that God knows who's in the room. Amen. Okay, I want to start there. Okay, listen. I, I think what we need to do right now is forget about anything else that's on your mind or on your heart. If, if you're, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, just, just whatever you're thinking about, just stop. It's, it's time now to really hear from the Lord. Okay? If you, if you don't think that that's possible, then you're, you're, you're possibly not in the right place. I'm telling you, it's time now that we just settle in and stop letting our minds wander and expect that we're going to... Do you expect to hear something this morning? Because, again, now remember the premise. Remember where I started. I preached the same message, had the same notes, but then prior to that service, there were some things that came and I made some different notes on on the pages because God knew who was going to be in attendance. So the structure, the skeleton, if you will, the framework, if you will, the, 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 the main premise was the same, but there were some specifics that came because of people in the room. So, so I want to encourage you this morning that God knows you're here. Okay, so, so, so whatever he had me prepare, he knew you would be here. When he was speaking things to me, even two weeks ago, he knew that this day would come. And if you don't believe that, then maybe this won't mean something to you. But if you can just hang, if you could believe that a little bit, just a little bit, if you can believe that just a little bit, something can happen for you this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, that's what I believe wholeheartedly with all of my being in this moment, Lord. I know that you knew who would be here this morning. And so now I pray, Lord, that there would be no distractions. Father, I pray right now that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive what it is that you would like to speak to us. Lord, we want to be um, prosperous spiritually. Lord, we want to hear from you this morning. We, we, we want to, Lord, your word to transform us. Yes. Most of us. Amen. And I know that most of us in here believe that your word can do that. Yes. So, Lord, speak to us now. Holy Spirit, help us to see and, and to hear and to receive. Give us, Lord, wisdom. Give us, Lord, knowledge as you impart your word to us. Lord, get me out of the way. Let it all be about you, your word. Holy Spirit, take over. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to begin in Acts chapter 1. And being assembled, verse 4, together with them, he commanded Jesus them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you'll notice in your Bible that word wait is not bolded and underlined like I've given it to you here, but that is the, that's where we need to be right now. And I want to tell you as I, I begin this, uh, we're going to go, I'm going to read to you um, uh, out of 1 Kings chapter 19. As I read, please hear the words. Don't, don't be, young people, don't, I know it's difficult and I, and I understand that, but please, just hear the words. Do the best you can to just pay attention, hear the words. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. So, uh, also he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Now we know most of the, we studied this together and really it was with hesitation that I brought this story again as, as an example, but I, I couldn't help it. I really feel that you know, the Lord would not release it. He would not let me go. And so I know we've studied this story together, but please, don't be bored with it. Hear it, hear it, hear it. Like it's the first time that you've heard it. My brothers and sisters, we know what had happened.
happened? There was, the, there was no rain. It, it didn't rain because Elijah said it would not rain. And it was three and a half years, it did not rain. And then he has this contest with the, with the prophets of Baal. There was 450 prophets of Baal. And, king, and we know King Ahab and evil Jezebel, they were evil kings and, and queen over Israel. And she was the one that brought all of these, this idol worship and all these false gods to Israel. And of course, Elijah, the prophet of the Lord, wouldn't stand for it. He was empowered by God. He spoke, and it happened just as he spoke. Then he gets into this contest with the um, prophets of Baal, and they, you know, who's going to whose uh, sacrifice would be received? And we know what happened. God showed up mightily and received the the, the sacrifice that was laid forth by Elijah and did some supernatural things. Hallelujah. But then he also had all of those, those 450 prophets of Jezebel or of Baal uh, slayed. So after Ahab tells Jezebel about what happened, in verse 2, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. What she's saying is, let, listen, let, God, do the, let God slay me if I don't slay you by this time tomorrow. See, you remember that? So she's threatening him. Verse 3, when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, Elijah, and went to Beersheba, where, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that, the, that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. My brothers and sisters, I, I know we've discussed this before, but I, I, I cannot just get away from this because we see this in our culture, in our society so much. Things happen bad. Well, he, did he just forget the power of the Lord? Did he just forget about all of what the Lord did at His word, at His command? Him being Elijah? How the Lord moved mightily, supernaturally? Did he just forget? Now this one woman... Now, now, granted, she's an evil and wicked, and she's done it before, she'll do it again. And so, this one woman speaks a word, and he goes into depression. He's depressed. Take me now, Lord. Now, now, now watch. The reason why I think that I'm here is because, my brothers and sisters, it, this is so prevalent in the culture. There are so many people taking so many uh, drugs and medications because of depression and, and things of this nature. And there, uh, so there's so many people that are um, medicating themselves because of depression and things of that nature. There are so many people that are using alcohol and, and, and you know, illicit drugs just because of depression, just trying to you know, take the edge off or, or escape just a little bit. Now, our, our brother here didn't do it, but, what he's, but he's definitely in depression. But what he did do was say, Lord, take me now, and then he went off and he basically abandoned his mission for a moment. He was, he was dropping out, man. Stepping back and saying, okay, that, that's it. I'm, I'm ready to cash it in right now. Has any of you ever felt that way? Think about it. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. You don't have to but I know that some of you in this room have felt that way before. It's time to hang it up. I would better be better off if the Lord took me now. Come on now. There are people in this room that have felt that way. But I'm telling you that there's still breath in your lungs. You are still a child of God. And it's God's time. You're still, if you still have breath in your lungs, if you're still on this earth, then God has ordained something else for you to do. Amen. Don't be depressed. Yeah, man, we have a lot of stuff going wrong. It's hard. Don't look at the news anymore. I'm telling you, don't look at the news anymore. I'm telling you, don't worry about all these people who are committing crimes and, and they never seem to suffer for it. Don't, don't worry about all that stuff because then what's going to happen is what the Bible tells, that our love will wax cold. We'll start not having sympathy and empathy for these people and we'll say, well, they just, get, they just need to get what they deserve. That's not the spirit of the living God. Because I didn't get what I deserved. 
someone ministered to me. And then the Holy Spirit began to do a work in me like He has with some of you. It's a good thing we didn't get what we deserved. And just like He worked a work in you because you are the apple of His eye, there are still many folks out there who are committing vicious and and bad things. They're doing such evil in the sight of man and in the sight of God. But God still has a plan. He died for them. I don't know why I went there except to say that you know maybe because we're living in this cruel, cold, stinky world, it's really easy for us to look at things and be treated a certain way or have a certain expectation on some things and it doesn't work out that way so immediately you know, we want to either check out or we don't feel as good about the calling that we have in our lives. Then he looked there, he being Elijah, looked there by his head and it was a cake, uh, a cake bread on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days, 40 nights, as far as Arab, the mountain of God. Think about this. And, and, and I think we've shared this. In my opinion, what I'm... It just ministers to me like crazy. You know, you have the angel of the Lord bringing the bread. Yeah, Jesus is the bread, right? But but the bread is also the Word of God. The water, could that be the water? Could that be the Spirit? Could that be the Spirit? So, so look, that, there's representation there. I think that represents something to a New Testament church. We're, we're looking at that, and, 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 and when you get into that spot where you're saying, okay, I'm ready, Lord, this is just too much for me to handle. Uh, this, I don't like this, Lord. I'm, 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 it's not going right. This is not what I expected. This is not how it should have been. Oh, I just, you know, we just had this mountaintop experience. We just had literally a mountaintop experience. We just had such a great and wonderful thing happen, and and now, look at this woman is going to kill me. Or look at, you know, my kids aren't saved. Or look at, you know, I just lost my job. Or look at, the bill came in and I don't have the money for it. Look at God. Whatever it is, look at God. Look at these people are talking bad about me. Look at God. My marriage is falling apart. Look at God. What, what? I'm just going to lay down. No. You still have a journey to travel. You still have a journey to travel. And the Lord is giving you what you need for the journey. His Word, His Spirit. What else would you say, Pastor Tony? Nothing else. Nothing else. The Word and the Spirit. You still have a journey to go. You still have something to look forward to. Hallelujah. And there he went into a cave after that 40-day journey. He spent the night in that place, and behold, the Word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, a still, small voice. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? See, see, where are you? Well, I, you know, all of these things are going wrong in my life right now. All of these things are happening and negative. I'm, I love you, Lord. I, you know, I've dedicated my, I've been saved all these years. I, I read, I study, I pray. But, but really, where are you? Is something bad happening? It, did it take you back a little bit? Are you saying, look, at, this isn't right. This is not this is supposed to happen this way. I'm, I'm not, either I'm not. See, are you beating yourself over, up over it? Are you saying to yourself, listen, I'm not worthy. No, you are worthy. That should already have been settled. You are worthy. He died for you. He loved you that much that he died for you. You're worthy. It doesn't matter what anybody says or does, and it does certainly doesn't matter the trouble that you find yourself in. You are worthy. That's settled. It's already done deal. Amen? 
but what are we looking for? What are our expectations? What is it that we're... What, what, I mean, do we expect nothing ever to go wrong? And if it does, then we're ready to you know, cash in the ticket. Now, my brothers and sisters, listen. God is still there. He's still showing himself strong. God is still in the middle of working miracles. There are still signs and wonders and things that are happening. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. Don't look at the world like this with, with blinders on where you just have this straight and narrow view of, of, of the world that's around you. Open your eyes. Don't listen to those news broadcasts where they're telling you just the negative. There's some good things that are happening. The Lord is still at work. You guys have, I, I've shared with the Wednesday night group, you guys have blessed other ministries by your giving. And there are great works that God is doing in the community because of your generosity. You're adding to that. You're, God is bringing some fruit. There are still people that are looking at you. There are still people that are depending on you to, to live out the gospel. And they're, and they're looking. And they're seeing something. And, and, you know, how many times, I think it was, a, was it Mike, I think Mike and, and Christine and Michelle and I were having a conversation the other day, and we were talking about some of the things that, um, where it came back after the fact. We didn't even know, amen, Mike, is that, we didn't even know the effect that we were having on some people. But then years later, people will call us up and say, hey, you know, you said this or you did that. See, God is still at work. God is still doing some things. But see, we've gotten so connected with the, the miraculous, the big things. See, God, the Lord, the, yeah, the wind blew. The earthquake came. There was the, the, there, there, the there's, there's certainly the fire and the brimstone. And the Lord is behind it, but He's not in it. But we're looking for the Lord to be in those things. But instead, the still, small voice. But the problem is we get so either two, one of two things. We get so caught up in our own depression that we can't even hear the still, small voice. The voice that we're hearing is the one in our head telling us that we're not worthy. Or the voice in our head that says it shouldn't be like this. Or the one in our head that is telling us, look how bad that is. Or the one that's in our head saying, look at how that one's treating you. Or the voice that's in our head saying, if God really loved you. Come on now. You know what I'm saying is true. Or what about the other thing where we get ourselves so busy and we bury ourselves. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do more for God. I'm going to get Him to move on my behalf because I'm going to earn it. Ain't going to happen. It can't happen. We can never earn God's favor, God's grace. We can never earn God's love. He's poured it out all for us. So what we end up doing is I'm going to join up with this ministry. I'm going to read that book. Yeah, you know what? So-and-so came out with a great book. That's the key. I just had somebody text me two weeks ago. I didn't want to burst their bubble. Hey, man, you need to get a hold of this book. It's by this pastor and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have the heart to tell them what that pastor preaches. I didn't have the heart in that moment nor the Holy Spirit to tell me in that moment. But I'm going to have the opportunity because I'm going to say, do you know? And so now you're hanging everything that you are on that. A word from somebody who may or may not have gotten a word from God and based on some of the things that they've, te- they've, they've taught, excuse my language, that they've taught, I'm not going to be so quick to go and buy that book, you see. I've got a book. And it was written by Holy Spirit. I'm holding up the Bible right now. And that Bible was written by the Holy Spirit. All Scripture. How much? All All Scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I don't have to search out or do a Google search on the author of this book. Huh? I don't even have, I, I don't have to worry about what did he preach, what did he teach, what era did he live in, what nationality, where, you know, what language, what, no, I don't have to worry about anything. He's the Almighty God. All Scripture is given by the, and it's true. It doesn't change. His Word is eternal. So look, I'm not telling you, don't ever read another book. But what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, if it doesn't line up with, God may confirm some truths to you. Lord knows I've read some good books in the past. But the absolute best book where I want to spend the most time is in this holy Bible right here. I don't want to always be looking at somebody else's opinion 
of what thus saith the Lord. I just want to know what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen? All right. So, so we find it. We give, so we're going to get really busy. I'm going to make myself busy. Some of us are addicted to um, work. We're workaholics. I was accused of that several times. Not anymore. <laughs> I was accused of that before. But, not, but, but, but we, we wrap ourselves up in these things. Why? Because that's almost like taking the drug or drinking the alcohol because now all of a sudden our mind is occupied on something else. We're no longer thinking about those things that kind of bring us down or those things that worry us or cause us anxiety. So we just go ahead and we throw ourselves at this activity. Let's go back, my brother, sister. Now, before I go back, I want to go to Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you want to be revived after life has sucked it all out of you? Man, Isaiah the prophet. The Holy Spirit used him to say something that is so deep, so profound. But we know, and most of us know this scripture. But do we really, do we really meditate on this scripture? Those who wait, those who work in the Lord, those who strive after the Lord, those who 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 try to prove themselves to the Lord. Those who, no, those who wait upon the Lord shall be strengthened. It, it, hallelujah. Did, did I make that up? No. That, that's right out of the book. If you go ahead and dust off your Bible and look that up after you get out of church, it'll say that same thing. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 135. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And His Word... What? 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 His In His Word, I do hope. See, look, look, look. I wait on the Lord. I'm waiting to hear from the Lord. Why? Because when I get a word from the Lord, not from Pastor Tony, not from Pastor Rory, not from Joe Flung Flewy, when I get a word from the Lord, it gives me hope. I've got hope now because the Lord has spoke something into me and I know that the Lord doesn't lie and I know that the Lord doesn't change His mind. So when He speaks it, it's done. Amen. Done. You hear me? Done. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now let's go back to Acts. Let's go back to where we started. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days. So now, we, li- listen, this was the, uh, the last time that Jesus appeared to them. We know that Jesus appeared to them at least two or three times prior to this. Jesus was on earth after he rose for about 40 days. I'm going to go back now into John 20. Don't, don't look there. Just jot it down. Look it up later. In John 20, 19, here's what it says. And this was the first time that Jesus appeared to them. And this was the first time that he appeared to them. It was that night. Uh, the, the ladies had already seen him, Mary Mac, and um, Thomas wasn't there. He missed the night service, and he, he blew it. He just didn't, he wasn't there. So then, in, in verse 19, it says, The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said th- this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm just, I just want to use this as, as, as just this teachable moment because my brothers and sisters, you know what I preach and what I've taught you, but there, someone needs to hear it again. Because you, and I'm going to tell you why in a second if the Lord allows me. I know it's on my mind and my heart. Lord, if you don't want me to say it, shut my mouth. He breathed on them that night, the first night that they saw him, the first night that he rose from the dead. He breathed on them and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Then about 40 days later, he tells them, go and tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Well, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But now he's saying, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. Okay, see, that's one of those things, Tony where it is talking, you know, in, uh, it, it contradicts itself. And that's why you really can't, the Bible's not trustworthy. No. No. Because you don't get one dose. You don't get one dose. You're growing. And you're getting more spirit. The more you ingest His Word, my Word are, is spirit 
and life. My words are spirit and life. More word, more spirit. If, that, amen, if you're ingesting it, if you're believing it, and if that spirit that he dealt to you is helping you to understand that the more that you're getting. I want, we sang that song. I want more of you, God. Okay, so now let's sit here. We sang the song. Let's sit here and let's pray. I want more, God. I want more. If it were that easy, golly, wouldn't that be great? But it's not. They walked with him for three and a half years. They saw him. They held him. They, they touched him. They saw the signs, wonders, and miracles. They heard everything that came out of his mouth. My brothers, they lived with him. And they still didn't know. But they had a dose of the Holy Spirit. It kept them united. It gave them strength to hold him over just a little while. But Jesus instructs them to go to Jerusalem to wait. Not many days from now, the nearest we could tell was approximately 10 days because the day of Pentecost was you know, 50 days after the holiday that they were in Jerusalem for in the first place when Jesus was arrested. So the nearest, it's probably approximately 10 days that they waited. So they did do that. They went and they waited. Verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? So now remember, I want to give you context because I may have confused you a little bit. Back in verse uh, 4 and 5 is where Jesus tells him, go and tarry in Jerusalem. You're going to uh, get baptized with the Holy Ghost. And now they hear that, and then he's saying, he being the disciples, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? This is why they needed more Holy Ghost. Why? Because now Jesus is telling them to go and tarry in Jerusalem so that they can receive the promise of the Father, and now right away they're equating that with he's going to restore the kingdom here on earth. That's not it. He had already told them what the kingdom of God was like, what it was all about, but still, their perception is still that when the Lord comes back, when the Messiah comes back, he's going to go ahead and take them out of subjugation uh, of the Romans, and they're going to have their own land, their own kingdom, like in the days when David was the king. That's still what their perception was. Amen. They were looking at it strictly in the natural Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Now, I'm going to give you context before I continue. We know that in that text, the apostle by the Holy Spirit is addressing religious rules and laws, and he's telling uh, the church, you know, don't, you know, if, if, if you know, you're going to offend somebody by eating or drinking, you don't do it, and, and eating or drinking anything, religious acts in and of themselves don't make you saved. That's not what saves you. Right? So I wanted to give you that context. It's, it's not the natural things that you do. The kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is a spiritual thing. It's about being in right standing with God. And being in right standing with God, having that relationship with God. Now you can experience this shalom, this wholeness, not just peace, lack of chaos, but this wholeness, this wellness that is in God for you. And of course the joy, the joy of being saved, the joy of having relationship with God. Isn't that something? Rejoice always. And one praise God. Hallelujah. First Peter 2.11 Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Do you see how Peter addressed the brothers and sisters? I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, this is not your home. Your citizenship is not of the earth. Your citizenship has nothing to do with what you see. What you could perceive only with the natural eye. And remember, you know, this, I, I mentioned to you a moment ago, the, the, the Easter message, the, the tale of two gardens, or the story of two gardens. And, and, and what the differences were. When Adam and Eve were attacked, 
and, and deceived, it was because of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It was the here and now. When Jesus was attacked the same way, because remember what the premise was. You know, Jesus actually was qualified for the Garden of Gethsemane because of his experience in the wilderness. When he was attacked and when he was tempted, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, he quoted the Word of God. He stood on the truth. He stood on the Word of God. Knowing that it's not about what I see, what I can eat, or, or, or you know, even my status here on earth. It's not about that. I, I, I got to say this, and it's no different than things I've said to you in the past. It goes back to expectations. You know, what do you expect? You know, uh, if things go wrong, Things aren't right. They're not lining up. You know, why does that shock us? Are we in the place where we're waiting on the Lord? I've shared with you, there have been decisions that I have made where, you know, I I just, I jumped. I, I went when I shouldn't have gone. And things didn't turn out well. But even in the middle of that, Always, God is ministering. God is ministering. God is reminding me that I belong to Him. And even the bad stuff, He's going to work for His good, Romans 8.28. For those who, are, those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. All things work together for good, right? So even if I've made the mistake and, and I didn't wait long enough on the Lord. See, that's the thing. It was, I'm looking for, Lord, if you want me to go here, then part this water. Lord, if you want me to do that, then, then go ahead and give me a sign. You know, and then we're looking for these signs, and it's almost as if we're creating signs. You know, somebody says something, and, and you know, it may have had nothing to do, but we're looking for this sign. And we're calling that waiting on the Lord, when in fact, sometimes we just got to get quiet. Because he's trying to speak to us with the still small voice, you see. And we're, getting, we're still involved with all of this noise. And we can't hear the still small voice because we're looking for the big thing. We're looking for the whirlwind. We're looking for the earthquake. Or we're looking for fire to come down from the sky. We're looking for that big stuff, that thing that says, Here I am! But he is there. But he's trying to speak to you and to me with this still small voice. But we just won't settle long enough and spend some alone time with him. And, and really, listen, be patient enough because things aren't going our way. God, I want this answer now. God, I got to have this now. I'm uncomfortable, Lord. I need to be comforted now. Maybe you need to go ahead and read and pray. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in that and he's your comforter. And if you wouldn't have needed comfort, he wouldn't have had to send his spirit, would he? He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you the paraclete. I'm going to send you some help. So why is it that when God has promised us that, we're looking for other things? It's because of our expectations and we're driven then by our expectations. I was, when I was studying this out, I was taken back in, in John 16.33. These things, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You know, we've quoted that back and forth to each other a lot. And so we said, well, big deal. I mean, you know, uh, so you're saying that, that's what you seem to say. I mean, in this world you're going to have trouble, but be, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. But you know what? If you started in verse, I, I try to do this quickly, so don't, don't send me an email, don't write me letters if I'm off by one. But in John, from John 14 to, through John uh, 16, these things I have spoken to you, or I've told you, or I've commanded you, ten times Jesus says that. He says it ten times. But he says that, in the, in the one thing, he said, I'm saying this so that you can have joy. I'm saying this so that when it happens, it doesn't take you down. I'm saying that you're going to have these issues. You're going to have these problems. I, I, I'm, he's, he's warned them that you're going to be hunted down, that you're going to be hated. He, didn't he tell them that? He told them every bit of that. He's saying, I'm saying that so that you can remain joyful, so that you don't let that steal your joy. I'm telling you this ahead of time so you know what to expect. Come on now. You know what to expect. And, and because I'm telling you ahead of time, let's manage your expectation. Oh, I'm not saying to you that it's all going to be doom and gloom. 
But when something negative is going on, don't all of a sudden try to manufacture something else. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. Wait on the Lord. Don't try to manufacture something on your own. Don't try to impress God. Don't try to justify. Don't try to do anything else. Just wait on the Lord. And you know what? Your journey's not over. Your journey's not over. Eat the bread and drink of the Holy Spirit water. Eat and drink. Your journey's not over. You need strength. You need sustenance. He's going to provide it for you. And He's wanting to speak to you. But you're staying too busy. You're looking at too many things. You're listening to that voice in your head. No. Relationships. What are we expecting? Because, you know, we're having trouble with our relationships. Let's just say, you know, male-female relationships. Let's say opposites. Let's say spouses. Let's say, you know... um, Spouses-to-be, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Opposite-sex relationships, which are the only ones that are ordained by God. Let's just say that for now. I'm talking about the marriage relationships now. Let's just say that. Well, we have problems. Of course you do. When that person was courting you, you know, and when you were allowing them to court you, you were always on your best behavior. You always smelled good. You always said the right thing. You always smiled. You never nagged. He always was shaven or whatever. Nowadays, they don't, wear, they don't shave anymore. But you know what I mean. Back in my day, I was clean shaven. I was ready. Come on. Give me a little, cut me a little slack here. I'm old. But you know what I'm saying. You were dressed good. You smelled. You, mean, you always on your best behavior. You, you spent a little bit of money. It wasn't ever about, uh-oh, what's that going to cost? So, so you know, the expectation is, is a little bit different. But see, then what happens, you get into this relation, and then life happens. You have problems. There are issues, financial issues. There are issues with kids. There are issues. There are all of these other issues. And now you look either, yeah, that's why the, the, the divorce rate in the church is the same outside the church. Well, I deserve to be happy. Or, you know, you really didn't consider the Lord. You didn't wait on the Lord when people were telling you that's not the right match for you. You didn't wait on the Lord. You went ahead and you went do it to do it anyway. Why? It's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, whatever. You, you were motivated not by spiritual things. So now you find yourself in the middle of that. Well, now what? Wait. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Don't try to manufacture something. Don't try to justify a position. No. Wait. How about this? You know, relationships. You want to be your young people. Speak to the young people. You want to be accepted by your peers. You want to be semi-popular in school. You don't want to be made fun at or mocked. Or you don't want to be, you know, you want to just be part of the group. And so what do we do in order to be accepted by some of these peer groups. And now this is not exclusive to the young people. Even as adults we do that. But just more so in this moment to the young people. What do you do? Well, if I am living what I've read in the Bible, then you know, they're, they're going to make fun of me. That's not popular. And I've even heard some of them say that Christianity is, is, is prejudiced. You know, Christianity, that's intolerant. And you know, Christianity preaches you know, against, be- you, know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. They, they, don't, they forget about love. And so I don't, want to, I don't want to be associated with that because it may, you know, people are not going to like me. So you, you stay under the covers. You compromise. Well, maybe I'm just going to do this once just so that they'll see that I'm just like them. What about it? Wait on the Lord. Let the Lord minister to you. Let the Lord speak to you. He'll give you the strength. You won't, you're not alone. You are not alone. Finances. What are we, what are we willing to do as it relates to finances? Man, I've, I've had people try this, try that, try to try all of these things. Let me ask you this. Are you tithing? I don't care about your money. I don't pass a plate. We never will. I don't care about your money. 
I'm not depending on your money, so I just, let's just get that straight right now. But God cares about your heart. And he's asked you to be obedient in that area so that he can bless you. And he knows if I give this, it's not going to be held back. If I give them, if I bless them, their heart is right with me. They'll be good stewards over what I'm blessing them with. So, so let me ask, you having problems with your, with your finances? Well, you know, I was I, you know, just afraid. If I tithe like I'm supposed to tithe, I won't have enough. You know what many people in this room can testify of? When they, when they tithe when they didn't have enough, they had more than enough. They had more than enough. Amen? There's a lot of amens in this room, and I thank, and, and I'm going to tell you guys something. I don't know who gives what in here, and, I, and, I, and I've made it my business never to investigate, and I won't. No one can ever accuse me of preaching or ministering or counseling somebody because I know how much they're giving. It ain't going to happen. I don't know. Don't want to know. Don't care. But here's what I do know that there are people in here that give. You know how I know that? Because of the ministries that we're able to bless out of here because of your faithful giving. And I know, you know, we just had a situation the other day, and, and I said, Michelle, hey, I've been contacted by a ministry. Could you call some of the board members and see what they'll, see if they'll, we can get, and, and unanimously, board members, yes, 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 yes. That's your hearts. That's an awesome thing. And that's, listen, that seed that you're sowing, and that is attributed. Now, when you go up there, it's in your account in heaven. That's the treasure that you're storing in heaven right now. And so finances, are you, are you tithing? Finances, my brothers and sisters, you know, is that all that motivates you? Finances? So that would take me into this. Do you have so many jobs because you've already had this in your head that you want to have this kind of money? You want to have this kind of salary coming in? Because if you don't have this kind of salary, you can't have this thing, you can't have that thing, you can't have the other thing. So is that what's motivating you? Did you really wait on the Lord? Did the Lord actually direct you? in that area, is see, my brothers and sisters, we have these expectations. And because we have these expectations, we're acting according to these expectations. So we don't really have time to wait on the Lord. Why? We're too busy. We've got to work this job. We got, well, you don't know, Pastor Tony. You got money or you got this. Or you don't know what I have and what I don't have. I have Jesus. Amen. Well, you don't know what it's like because this and that and this happened and that happened the other thing. Do you think that there's anybody in this room that hasn't experienced negative circumstances in their lives, that their finances haven't been attacked at least one, two, three, four times, maybe more than that in a year? Many of us suffer those kind of things. But my brothers and sisters, look at, if we're making our decisions on that because we have this expectation of a certain lifestyle, we're not waiting on the Lord. We don't have time to wait on the Lord. We've got to work too many jobs. We're too busy. You know how many times I counsel people and you know, whenever they ha- come to pro- they prom- where are you with your studies? Well, you know, and then I've talked to some people and, and they'll acknowledge that they're not where they should be with the Lord. And one of the first things I ask is, where are you with your studies? Well, I, I, sh- I, I okay. And then you say, okay, if you change that, that's going to help you. And guess what they do? They don't change it. They don't change it. They don't make time to be with the Lord. They don't make time to ingest the bread. So now, so now think about it. They're not eating the bread, but they're still trying to maintain this journey. They're not drinking the water, but they're still trying to maintain this journey. But they're starving and they're dehydrated. They're not, they, and then they're wondering, why am I not succeeding in this journey? Why do I feel so depressed? Or why do I struggle and seem to never get ahead? The bread. He's provided you the bread and water. He's given you the sustenance to keep continuing on this journey. Your journey may not be exactly what you've expected. You expected that you were going to have this kind of money in the bank, that you were going to have this kind of salary. You expected that you would have this kind of car. You expected that you would have this. You expected that Prince Charming was going to show up, kiss you, and then that was going to be it. Everything was going to be hunky-dory. You were going to have the house on the hill with the picket fence, the 2.4 kids, and everything was going to be great. But then life happened. So, it doesn't work. 
I've heard you preach years, Tony. It doesn't work. It does work. It does. You got to wait. Wait. I don't want to wait. This is an instant gratification society. This is an instant gratification culture. I don't want to wait. And so then you go ahead and you manufacture it yourself and you, you make it impossible for God to bless you where you're at. Jobs. How many, how many of you have taken, see, you've ta- we're still on jobs now, you've taken jobs because you have this certain expectation and you've got to go ahead and, and get this job because it's going to give you the income that you really like that's going to help you get these things and provide. Yeah, that's happened to me. I've taken jobs because I thought, you know, this is my opportunity to bless my kids and my wife. This is my opportunity because I'm, I'm the one that's charged to take care of them. I'm second in charge of that. I'm second in charge of that. The one who's really in charge of that is Jesus. So I need to make sure that I'm getting my marching orders from Jesus. And not take matters into my own hands and go and go to this job taking my kids from this place to that place just because the money's better. And I'm going to be able to provide something for them. Come on now. Somebody can definitely, this is tracking with somebody. Working so hard to try to maintain, to try to get, to try to have. Come home so tired. Then you have to deal with the family stuff. And how about the moms who are working? Who are trying to manage a home. Keep their husbands happy and take care of kids and work outside the house at the same time. I want to tell you something. I worked like crazy outside the house. You know why? I didn't want to work inside the house. That's the truth. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm, I'm not. And maybe I am a jerk for, for, for having that attitude back then. I didn't want Michelle's job. I did not want it. And she was, she was good at it. She did a great job. She managed the house. She took care of the children. She was the bus driver. I mean, she did everything. I remember one time I was on, but I worked outside the house like a dog. Because remember, in my view, I was doing what I was supposed to do. I'm, I got to work like a dog. I'm bringing. I'm the breadwinner and the bacon winner, and the you know there was no filet mignon, so I couldn't say that. There was no steak. I was the meatloaf winner. I, I was I was the ground beef. Winner. You you understand what I'm trying to say? We lived week to week like many people do, and and my brothers and sisters, and and I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. In the meantime, Michelle is working like a dog inside the house. Making a home. Keeping the children cared for. Making sure that they got to the places on time. Working hard. And I remember, I'm telling you, that's hard work. So I don't take it lightly. And I, I'm guessing, Lord, that you want me here for a reason. I remember one night I was working hard at a job. I was growing in a, a property. And it's dark. Everybody's gone. And I'm checking. I've got an irrigation problem on one of the pieces of property that I was managing. And I'm riding down the road in a little old cart in the dark. And I could see on the horizon line, headlights of a vehicle. And I'm wondering, who in the world is that out here at this property this time of night? I'm the only weirdo supposed to be out here right now. Boy, and that thing was, as that vehicle was getting closer to me, I started to recognize it. That was my wife's vehicle. She drove right up alongside, and I'd come, come alongside her, and i look up at her, and she's got that face. And I knew something was wrong. She looked dead at me, and she said, it's time for you to come home. You know what I said? Yes. Yes. Okay parked the car and went home. Why? Why am I saying that? Because, listen, my expectation was I needed to go ahead and work like a dog to provide for my children and my wife, and I'm going to go ahead and work outside this home. But that had repercussions. That had, there were some results that came with that. One of the results was I wasn't there. The other result is now it's taxing my wife. Are, are you hearing me now? Come on, is this tracking with anybody right now? Are you hearing me right now? Why? Because my expectation was this. And, I, and after all, it, was a, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't like it was evil. I mean, I'm, I want to give my wife and, and my kids the best that I could give them. The best that I could give them is Jesus. Jesus. 
And I can't preach Jesus, I'm not talking about just boot my mouth, without spending time with my children. I can't preach the gospel unless I'm living the gospel. And I can't live the gospel out in front of people that I'm not around. Or is anybody hearing me? What's my expectation? I'm hard at work. So what about this? You know, you got the job and now there's, there's promotions to be had. And so, inevitably, you've seen it, I've seen it, it's in the workplace. I mean, the politics that are played. Let me tell you all something, that, and young people take this to heart. If you have to play politics to get the promotion, you're going to have to pray, you better be playing politics to keep it. And then that person who you played politics with, when they move on, guess what? Chances are you're moving on. Just telling you. Seen it. And I know there should be some yeses and amens. Hey, am I boring you? Okay, some of you look like you know you're a little bit bored. I'm telling you something right now that is life. Amen. I'm telling you something right now. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord. And this is not just for old people, young people. This is for everybody. I want strength. Do you want strength? Yes. Do I, I want strength. I want the Lord to be the strength of my life. I want the Lord to be directing my paths. I want the Lord, listen, if the Lord has made me all of these promises and the Lord has promised me that He's going to give me His Spirit so that I can live this thing out, that this grace that He's given me is, is giving me, empowering me to live this thing out the way He has called me to live it and I will be successful no matter what it looks like, then I want it. I want every bit of it. But i got to wait. Sometimes I just have to wait and listen for that still small voice. Wait on the Lord. Don't get ahead of the Lord. Don't try to manufacture it because things aren't going the way that you thought they should be going by now. Don't, don't, don't manufacture anything. Don't give up. Hang on to the hope. I'm, I'm, you know, Tony, I, yeah, I've heard you preach Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that heals. By his stripes we're healed. There's so much scripture in there, but I'm always sick in my body. Hang on. He's not a liar. Hang on. Wait on the Lord and don't manufacture something else or do something else. I'm not saying to you, don't go to the doctor. Don't list, don't. That's not what I'm saying. But go to Him first. Go to God first. Back to Acts 1 and verse 7. He said to them, It's not for you know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and into the other most parts of the earth. See, look. I've got to get into that place where I'm okay with waiting. Why? Because He's going to empower me. I'm going to have the power to walk through that next step. I'm going to have the power to go ahead and make it on this journey, however short or however long it is. He's going to empower me. He says, wait in Jerusalem. Now remember, my brothers and sisters, remember, after that, did they wait in Jerusalem? Not all of them. No. They didn't wait in Jerusalem. He told them several times. Now at the end, they, 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 okay, we hear you now, Lord, and they went back. But my brothers and sisters, remember, they went fishing. Remember Peter? He was, I'm going fishing. And then, you know, the other people in the Bachigaloop Fishing Brothers Company, they went, right? And so, but what happened? Then they saw Jesus. Jesus told them again, go into Jerusalem. You've got you to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Go to Jerusalem. You've got to be empowered from on high. Go to Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem, Right? But what had happened? Their expectation wasn't being brought out. It wasn't being, um, it wasn't being brought, brought before them. They had this expectation that now the kingdom would be on earth. And then Jesus told them, it's not for you to know these times and things, that the seasons that God has put in his own authority. But you need to just wait. But they didn't wait initially because that's what they were looking for. See, that's what that scripture is telling us. When they say, well, then, you know, the, well, then the kingdom be brought. Is that when the kingdom was going to be? That's telling us what their expectation was. 
That's how I know what their expectation was. That's how we all know what their expectation was. Their expectation was that Jesus was now going to usher in that king. The Davidic king was going to be set up and they were going to be out, of, out from under the subjugation of the Romans. That's how we know that. That's what they said. It didn't happen. They went fishing. Then he said, go and wait. When they waited, when they waited, what happened? They waited approximately 10 days. There was 120 in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. It doesn't say how many started. I don't know. I've heard people estimate there probably was about 500 because uh, um, just because of what is said in Corinthians where the Apostle Paul says there were 500 that saw Jesus alive after he was dead simultaneously at one time. Some people base it on that. I, I don't think that that says that. That's a leap that I'm not going to take. I'm just going to simply say that the, I don't think the Bible is clear on how many may have started in that upper room. But do we know that how many were there when the Holy Spirit fell approximately 10 days later? 120. Just think about that. There was approximately 10 days where they're waiting. What, what do you think that they were doing during that 10 days? Uh, praying. They still had to take care of physical needs and bodily needs. There was still that going on. You know, there were probably pe- uh, mothers with children. or I, I mean, who knows? But my brothers and sisters, look, the fact of the matter is, there were 10 days in there where those people had to wait. You and I know the result. We, we, we know the result. We, we get to look back on it and see gee, what Jesus said is absolutely true. Everything that he said, absolutely true. And so here we are, 2,000 plus years later, and here we are being told by the Lord, I feel it so strong, wait, wait. I want more of him. We say, I want more of him. Do you want more of him? Man, my word, spirit, life, spirit, life. Let's get in his word. The spirit is going to empower us. Bread and water for the journey. The word and the spirit for the journey. Wait. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, stand with me, please. If you can stand, stand with me. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads and and close your eyes if you can for a minute. Just for a minute. No one looking around. Everybody, just bow your head in this moment. Let's be still. Let me ask you something. Is there no doubt in your mind that Holy Spirit has ministered to you this morning? If, If that's you... Don't, don't shout anything out. Just, just, just raise your hand. No eyes. No heads up. No, I'm talking about specifically. I'm talking about you know that one of these things where your expectations aren't met, something is, and you need power. Hallelujah. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want to ask you, please, if you've raised your hand Would you have the courage, the faith, the wherewithal to take a journey right now to this altar? Would you please do that? If you've raised your hand and you meant business, would you please do that? Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your faith. And thank you for your trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you, if you raised your hand and you didn't come down here, ask yourself in your heart, why? Are you ashamed?
Is that, is that pride of life? Because that can hold you back. My brother, my sister, whoever you are, that can hold you back. But we're going to pray anyway that God would continue to minister to you because you've recognized by the raising of your hand that you know that God was speaking to you. But for you, those of you who made it up to the front, I again commend you and I pray that the Lord would bless you especially because of your courage, because of your faith.